Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Booze, quiet camper, 15 acoustic noise cancelling headphones Yes. A product in which we are not sponsored by. Welcome to episode two of The Picnic Show. We are both wearing Bose headphones, and unfortunately, for the time being, we are not sponsored by them. But that will soon change, hopefully. Call us, thepicnicshow at gmail.com. I, I would love to have a free pair of Bose headphones so they could sponsor us whenever they want. Yeah. So, speaking of Bose headphones and the worst... Uh, Segway ever, you got bad. to use your headphones recently on a trip. You were gone for a week. You went to Florida. I did. You went to the state that we should saw off, a la Bugs Bunny, um, in that one cartoon. I can... Yeah, there's a few in the South that might be worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're not going to alienate hey, them yet. Hey, if it wasn't for Florida, we would have awesome news headlines. Yeah, good point. Coked up alligator bites off face of muskrat. You know. Exactly. So you didn't get your face bitten off by a coke. Unfortunately, out. no, I did not. There was no good stories to be had there. So what did you do while you were in Florida? Um, I did not sleep. Okay. At all. Well, you just you just didn't sleep. <laughs> you just well, I mean, okay. So what I was doing in Disney World was I was in what Disney World? Disney World. All right. So, like, what, lay out your itinerary. You arrived, you, you know, um, what, 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 did you do a park a day? Did you do all the parks in a day? Did you... Okay, so I did something that I said I would never do again, mm-hmm. and that is I took a red eye Aww. out to Florida. I did that about five, six years ago, mm-hmm. and did not sleep, was miserable the next day, felt sick the next day. You ever have it where you feel sick because... You ate a lot after you didn't sleep, so you drink a lot of coffee, and then the coffee and the food doesn't mix well, and you just kind of don't feel good. I I actually don't drink that much coffee. I drink a ton when I'm tired. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I've had it before with, like, orange juice. Let's put it into perspective here. That trip, I had coffee right before we landed. Okay. I went to Starbucks when we got to the airport. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I had coffee in the lobby of the hotel. Mm-hmm. I had coffee when we got to the room. And you had a shower coffee, and then you had a toilet coffee. <laughs> and then I had coffee with breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then so, you had your after coffee coffee. <laughs> and with breakfast, I ate a really big meal of uh, pineapple macadamia nut pancakes. That's really good, but mixed with coffee. That sounds like it would be a very potent concoction. Um, my stomach was very upset for the day. Uh, so I told myself I'd never do it again. We did it. I did it again. And... uh it was much better this time. I didn't sleep on the plane because mm-hmm. I made the mistake of getting invested in a movie. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, because I, you know, redlined, <laughs> mainlined coffee right before I went on no, the I plane. No, I stayed away from coffee. Until, <laughs> on the plane. Until we hit the ground, I had one cup of coffee at Starbucks, mm-hmm. and then I had a cup of coffee at breakfast. Hmm. Yeah, yeah it was enough to get me through. So, uh, no, I got invested in a movie. Which movie? The Infiltrator with mm-hmm. Brian Cranston. Oh. Hmm. He's an undercover cop. Uh in like out for revenge. the 80s, I think. I don't know, there's a lot of cocaine in the movie. Out for revenge. They took away his badge, so now he's taking away <laughs> their life. Just, but so I got invested in that, and you know, I tried to sleep. Uh, I watched Finding Nemo before that, and I got about maybe 30 minutes of sleep. And hmm. yeah, um, are you one of those people like me that get really excited on planes, and I'm like 
I, I, I get excited on planes because I'm very fascinated by like, wow, we're in this very heavy metal tube flying through the air. <laughs> this shouldn't work. And then you're excited to go where you're, you're going unless it's like the last time I, f- I slept on a plane was flying back from Hawaii because I was like we flew out um, over over the ocean in the middle of the night. And I'm like, I wonder what I could see out here. And I open the window and I see nothing. And I go, all right, this is a Twilight Zone episode waiting to happen. I immediately close the window <laughs> and go back to sleep. Yeah, so I'm one of those people that even if I can't see out the window, mm-hmm. or not that I can't see out the window, that there's like nothing out there to look at, I still like the window open. I always try to sit by the wings. I like watching you know the flaps up and down on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, unfortunately for me, my girlfriend also likes the window seat, so I took the, the aisle seat on the way out there. Like a true gentleman. And actually, she took the aisle seat as well. So that's irrelevant. <laughs> we, we decided, just laid across three seats well, and you were what, standing what in the is, aisle. What it was is when we uh, – when we che- I always check in on the flight right mm-hmm. away. As soon as it's available, check in. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed that the flight in be- – or the, the seat in between us was a middle seat, mm-hmm. obviously, and it was taken. Mm-hmm. So what we did is I moved her out from the window seat mm-hmm. to the aisle seat across from me, which was also open. Mm-hmm. So we were across the aisle from each other. Gotcha. And it was great because whoever was in the middle of us moved seats when they checked in. So the seat next to me was empty, mm-hmm. which was great because then I had two screens. So I like watching the in-flight map. So I put that up there on that screen and my movie on the other screen. And it, was, it was a very good Yeah, your whole like mobile command center. It's yeah. really interesting that kind of interesting microcosm of politics that occur with when, with seat swapping on planes, even though you're assigned seats. When I flew mm-hmm. out to Seattle, it was weird. We had somebody who, somebody in the aisle that my friend was on brought in a long board covered in shag carpeting and literally put it on her seat. And she's like, I'm not sitting there. So then there's this guy next to us and she goes, can I just sit between you guys? And she's like, you know, 90 pounds wet. Yeah. And so she just like boop, sits right in the middle of the seat and the other guy's just like, cool. And we, we went on our flight. So, as you can probably tell, this episode, we're going to talk a lot about airport adventures and mm-hmm. flying and stuff. Misadventures. <laughs> so, one, one thing that I did realize on this trip, and it's probably something everybody has thought of because it's actually really stupid not to think of it beforehand, is I never thought of, why don't I take everything out of my pockets before I get in line for security mm-hmm. and just throw them into my carry-on bag? Mm-hmm. That, so that way, when I go through security, I'm not sitting there trying to take off my belt, trying to get everything out of my pockets. You know, all I have to do is slip off my shoes, mm-hmm. which slip-ons are the greatest investment if you travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just have to slip off my shoes, throw those on there with my bag, push them through. I go through the, the skinny thingy where you have to put your hands over your head and it goes... Whoop. The government-funded sterilizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, did not know you can't wear a jacket through that thing. Really? Yeah. Huh. I had on a jacket and they were like, uh, take off your jacket. You can't go through that. I don't know. It was weird. I've got I, the routine I have when I go through security now. I've I've taken three flights in the past year, and um, what I've done is I either have um, I've usually been doing two pairs of shoes. Uh, I fly usually with uh, flip flops, mm-hmm. um, which some people might say is like, "Oh, well, you're not going to get moved up to first class if you do that." And I'm like, I don't think I have a chance of getting that done. But <laughs> if I needed to, I could easily put on shoes and. I have a jacket. One of my favorite things about jackets and travel jackets, and it's kind of a recent obsession of mine, is just jackets with tons of pockets. 
and I like uh, there's something satisfying about not having thing in your anything in your pants pockets. Yeah, like I, I discovered that in Vegas, and then I was like, okay, like you know, and you just take off your jacket, and it's really funny because security always looks at you weird. Like I went through Disneyland security, and I just threw my jacket off. They're like, you don't have anything in your pockets, young man. I'm like, no, I put it in the jacket because <laughs> I'm trying to be more efficient with this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so you know, security. Um, it's always a hassle at the airports, especially, you know, anywhere mm-hmm. secure, going through security like that, it's a hassle. So, um, any tips are appreciated. So if anybody out there has any tips on how they get through security quicker, mm-hmm. besides TSA pre-check, which I think... <laughs> I've heard is amazing, I and think, I heard is worth every penny if you're the type of person... It's only $80, and that $80 is just for the fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I think it, it lasts for years. Is it? I think it's like a couple years, and yeah. uh, I know a couple people who they travel... A lot, and it's I heard it's the most amazing thing for them. And I'm like, I've only flown out of Long Beach recently, which never really has that long of a security no, line. Well, it's Long Beach, but the one <laughs> the one time that I don't, you yeah, know, you know, the one time that you go up to LAX because you know, how was you, LAX? That was that was exciting. The other day, like I, I usually avoid LAX like the plague, but Eric wrangled me into driving. Uh, to the airport, and we're like, okay, let's let's try this. You, you know, I was expecting a lot more beefed up security because of what happened of what the day happened, before. Um, I think it was a day or two before the Fort Lauderdale uh, incident happened, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was expecting more, but I didn't notice any more security than usual. Mm-hmm. There were a couple extra police officers walking around uh, the outside of the terminals, um, but man, I tell you, flying out uh, American Airlines at LAX late at night. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Don't ever do it. <laughs> you have all the, the international flights are checking in at that time Ooh, because yeah. they all leave, you know, late at night. Mm-hmm. And, man, it was, it was just, it was bad. Um, just no communication from anybody on where we need to go. I walked up to the little screen, you know, a little automated check-in screen, checked in and printed out, a, you know, the, the our boarding passes and, like, the receipt that you take to somebody that says that you paid for your bag. Mm-hmm. Took it to one person. She's like, no, you can't take it to me. You need to go over there. Took it to that person. Was in line. And some, like, one of the uh, airport security guards is like, oh, you take it to the the guy out front on the curb. Mm. It's like, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think that's the right place to go. But we go ask. I asked him. He's like, no, you stupid. And I was like, okay. Well, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So then I went back out. I I went back in. And um, line actually went really quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Got all that settled. And got to security, and security was a breeze after that. Um, I don't know if for the international flights, they send them to security somewhere else. I think that there is a, well, the international terminal. Well, they the international terminal, but I don't think that's, I think American still flies out of Terminal 4. Because the international terminal would be like international airlines, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like Aer Lingus and WOW and... Oh yeah, Wow Airlines. Speaking of Wow Airlines, have you there? Wow Airlines is in the news because you can get a seventy dollar flights from the West Coast to. Like, it's something ridiculously cheap, isn't it? But the thing is, is it's only for flights going out. Right, coming back is not much more expensive. But it's still going to save you money in the long run. Because, oh yeah, I mean, look at it, if you're paying, you know. 200 300 something dollars on American, yeah. which if you can find something on American for that cheap, you know, that's rare as it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're still you're still paying less money to get out there. And I know I know somebody who recently just flew wow. Is it good? Uh, he said it was it was fine. You know, like for, to me, what it sounds like is it's like it's like you're flying the southwest of international flights. 
You know, there's nothing fancy. There's no in. No frills. No, no um, in-flight entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, no Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. At least Southwest has the Wi-Fi and you can watch stuff on your phone and things like that. San Francisco to London, 180. Round trip? No, one way. Oh, okay. Well, that's still pretty good. Is that wow? Okay. Right now, I mean, they they don't have any of their their West Coast stuff. Seems to have kind of gone down. One hundred and twenty nine to Reykjavik, Iceland. Um, yeah, however you say that, the, that place in Iceland. That that one. That, well, because they're an Icelandic airline, aren't they? Um, I thought prob- they were. May, probably, probably. Because yeah. I think when they first started flying out of here, they were going just just to Iceland, just Iceland, and now they've kind of expanded. Right, the person right. that I know flew it to uh, Paris. Mm. Riding that uh, Walter Mitty wave, I, mm-hmm. I believe. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to be quoted on this, but I do think that they charge for carry-on bags. Well, if only there was this great network. Right, well, you look at that. I'm you gonna, keep going. I'm going to say also, um, you know, it always makes me laugh when people are booking flights and they look and they go, oh, Frontier and Spirit are so cheap. <laughs> and, and then I tell learn. them, I try to explain to them, you have to pay for a carry-on. You pay to pick your seat. Yeah, you pay for pretty much everything except for everything. You, you pay for everything. Yeah, yeah. you pay for everything. Uh, and so when I tell them that, they go, oh, well, I'll worry about that later. Like, why? I just, I've just never understood the, the thought of, I'm going to pay this cheap price now and pay a lot more later mm-hmm. instead of, a, oh, you know, this flight, it's 270 round trip. And it includes everything. It includes everything. I have to, I have to pay fifty dollars round trip to check my bag. Pay ten dollars to use the bathroom. Five dollars to flush the toilet. Well, yeah, on the other airlines, but I'm talking <laughs> about like if you flew like American, no, oh, oh, yes, United, yes. you know, it's fifty bucks round trip, twenty five dollars mm-hmm. each way to check one bag. Yeah. But the nice thing is, if you're like, you know, if you can, if you can fit all your stuff into a carry on bag, mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about that fee because carry ons are free on most good airlines. It looks like with Wow Airlines, according to this, it is a large carry-on bag. And it's a $50 fee and check-in. But it's saying per guest, per flight leg, one piece per guest, 56 by 45 by 25, including wheels and handles, maximum weight 26 pounds. You are only permitted one piece of carry-on luggage. I've done pretty well with, like, the personal bag and one carry-on. But, but I mean, but that's, a, that's asking... A lot if you're flying international. Good point, yes. Because definitely. most of the time when you're flying international, you're not going for a few days. Yeah, you're going for a long And you're time. also probably not going to have access to laundry. Yeah. Nothing not. No idyllic hanging of the, from the clothesline. <laughs> um, I will say I will try to fly Southwest anywhere I go because they do not charge for bags. Hmm. Uh, and they usually have fairly low prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed with them going out of the West Coast, it's hard to find direct routes anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're trying to go to the East Coast, it's you'll, you're hard pressed to find a nonstop flight. Yeah, I think the furthest nonstop I found was like New Orleans, maybe. Yeah. Which that's pretty, pretty far that's out pretty there. Pretty far. That's but most of the way there. I think Nashville may have been a nonstop as well. But you know, most of the places you're flying up to out to Denver, mm-hmm. Phoenix has. I guess Phoenix is one of their hubs, and yeah. Phoenix has like every. From everywhere, yeah, everywhere. I think it would be neat to do like a you know the Anthony Bourdain layover in a in a hub city. Yeah, that would just be absolutely. Uh, no yeah. reservations. Uh, that show, I, I just recently found that show, and it is so 
it makes you want to go and try that until you realize he has a lot more money than I do. Well, because I, the one he did in Los Angeles mm-hmm. the, in the hotel he was staying at, I looked into it. It was like five hundred a night. I Anthony Bourdain is a very interesting person in the mm-hmm. culinary travel world because I my, my first exposure to him was I turned on cable shortly after we got cable in high school. Um, there's a whole story behind that, and I tuned in and I'm like, oh, Anthony Bourdain goes to Japan. And, you know, he's scooting around and he's like, wow, this city is really neat and blah, blah, blah. And he, he attends a tea ceremony. Mm-hmm. And Oh, that was the most recent one, right? No, it was, it was a long, it was, well, no, it was, it was about 10, 10 oh, 11 yeah, years ago. When, oh, well, I think he just did a new one. Did he do one that was a little, like, I, I, I was annoyed by the fact that this is going to, that Marco ranting and raving. He went to a tea ceremony, mm-hmm. which is notoriously long, notoriously you know, kind of tedious. It's mm-hmm. that's what it's known for, and devotes like a three to five minute sequence on like how boring this is. And it's like it's like going to New York and being like, "Gosh, people here are so mean." Let me talk yeah. about how mean people are in New York. I wasn't expecting people in New York to be so mean. And yeah, it's, like, it's kind. Of, I mean, it's definitely in poor taste to go in and trash talk a culture like that well like, not, not, not trash talk a culture it, it sounds kind of like trash talk. i mean it was just kind of like it just seemed weird to like go in being like i'm going to experience this culture and then be very unoriginal in my critique mm. of it and and so that that's why i think like travel shows are the, speaking of travel shows like did you watch that one that was what was it cbs where it was like four old white guys go travel around the world no what was that one called you go um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I going back to you know the Anthony Bourdain layover. I don't know what's the name of the layover. Is it like there's the layover? Yeah, and then there's I think no reservation. I think the layover is the one that I was most fascinated by because um, that's like three. He's like, I've got a day and a half. I don't know why I'm making. So, so basically, I, I went to uh, I went to New Orleans about a year ago, and mm-hmm. I've been obsessed with the city ever since I went there. Mm-hmm. And I think his first episode was New Orleans, or one of the first ones was New Orleans. And um, I remember watching it, and I was like, man, I wish I watched this before I went. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now a goal of mine is, you know, if I have the money and the time, I would like to, you know, go and try some of those things because it's a quick vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do those things that he did, you know, you go eat some good food, mm-hmm. uh, probably change where I stay. And, um, yeah, you know, get it done quick. Did you watch? I found the information on the show. I'm surprised you didn't watch this show, Eric. It was on a. It was called Better Late Than Never, and it's a William Shatner. Are George you saying Fo- because I'm always late? No, because it's <laughs> it's uh, William Shatner, George Foreman, Terry Bradshaw, and Henry Winkler travel around Asia. That is okay. I don't know what happened to this show. Like I remember seeing ads, and I'm like, this looks interesting. And oh, oh gosh, there's, there's apparently a, a GIF of. George Foreman punching William Shatner. Loading, loading, cool. loading. Quick story about William Shatner that actually involves planes. Oh, yeah. Uh, years ago, it was probably about seven years ago. There was a television show called The Twilight Zone. No. <laughs> seven years ago, uh, you know, when William Shatner was like, it was like the big thing that he was doing was the Priceline commercials. Mm-hmm. The, and, uh, Priceline just, I think he still does. Uh, no, I don't think he, I don't know. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, he uh, was on the, on our flight home, mm-hmm. and the person next to him, as I'm walking by, you know, like awkwardly walking by, trying not to make eye contact with the celebrity that you see on your plane, mm-hmm. I hear somebody ask him, 
hey, did you get this on Priceline? <laughs> and oh. he just shot them a look at it's one of those, if looks could kill, that guy would be dead. <laughs> Death by the Shatner. How dare you? But I, I, that's just my fun. I, I like those fun little celebrity stories about, you know, when you see them out in, out in their normal life. Who did, um, was I, was, I can't remember who was on my flight. I don't think there was anyone really, fa- I don't think I've been on a plane with a famous person. Uh, my flight that I just did last week had Robert Irvine on it. Robert Irvine. Which was cool. I mean, I've, you know, I've worked with uh, Robert Irvine before, and I really wanted to say something to see if he revenged me. He'd be like, he'd probably be like, no, who are you? <laughs> You're that generic looking fellow that I worked with yeah. like, a year ago. Uh, and it'd be, it would be really cool to actually be able to say something from, to him. But, yeah. you know, he was sitting in first class, and I was kind of just walking by, again, trying not to make awkward eye contact mm-hmm. with him. And, yeah. and, you know, don't stare at his biceps too long. Take that guy on. always wears like the tightest shirt possible. Too. I don't think he can help Which, it. I think. That, it, well, I was going to say if I had those biceps, though, I don't think. I think I would try to wear the tightest shirt as well. You I gotta show them off if you have them, right? Well, I think he's just buying like normal shirts, and it's just like True. You know, he's one of those guys that he's like the kid in Christmas Story can't put his arms down except <laughs> he's buff and British, right? Not covered in jackets. That would have made a Christmas Story much more interesting if the little like Baltimorean <laughs> kid Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Which, I can't way, put my arms okay, down. This is off topic, but really, he's the best host they could get for the new Apprentice. Well, are they going to do Steve Harvey because he's so good at hosting? No, I really wanted like Mark Cuban. Oh, yeah, but Mark Cuban's got like actual good things to do with himself. Yeah, but if you're looking for a businessman, like I, I feel because like, he, he's on he's on that Shark Tank show, right? And, and he, he's he's devoted. I guess that would be a conflict of interest if he had an NBC show with an ABC show, a good show with a kind of terrible show. Yeah, yeah I, I think there would definitely be. Uh, anyway, so um, on that note, let's uh, bumpiest flights. But, well, uh, well, before we get to that, let's let's debut a new segment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Marco came to me earlier and he was like, "Hey, I have this fun fact about this thing that he's going to tell you about," and I said. Okay, cool. And that was the end of our conversation. And that's it. Here we go. <laughs> Play the jingle. We're going in. We're coming in hot. Coming. Anyways, <laughs> we decided we're going to do a new segment. Here is Marco's useless fact of the day. And now another useless fact. Today's useless fact of the day comes from Wikipedia, specifically the Jolly Rancher article on Wikipedia. And there are different little segments of the article. There's the main portion, the acquisition of the Jolly Rancher Company. Uh, One interesting line on here talks about how the Jolly Rancher Company made ice cream, chocolate, and candy sold at several ranch-made ice cream stores. And the name was meant to suggest a hospitable Western company. The Jolly Rancher Company. But there's a, when you usually scroll scroll down uh, food related Wikipedia's, you, you, there's the usual generic stuff. But I found this one header very fascinating, and it says science, and it says hard candy is an amorphous solid made from a solution of water, sugar, coloring, and flavorings. It is characterized by the glass transition temperature below which the amorphous material behaves like a rigid solid. Above the temperature, the solid is liquid-like and rubbery. The viscosity of the sugar solution near the glass transition temperature is described by the William Landell Ferry equation, to which there is a rather complicated equation that explains how hard candy keeps its form, which is which is pretty neat. So um, 
That's that. This has been another useless fact. But we're going to try doing uh, one of these a week of just weird facts that I find while doing, you know, Wikipedia deep dives. And uh, is is that how we're concluding this one? Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, if you have any tips for flying or any, like, flying horror stories, mm-hmm. those are always fun. Um, let us know. Uh, Facebook and Twitter is... The Picnic Show. At The Picnic Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will... Uh, We'd love to hear from you guys. You guys can also um, shoot us an email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all listed on the site. We got it. It's all on Facebook. Go check it out. Yeah, so check go, it go out. find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Picnic Show. What's it all about? Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. And that's all we got. We Happy landings. Home. Happy landings. Happy landings. Happy trails to you. The only country song that talks about hair trails. Cut it.